like to welcome you as you join our service already in progress. Today's subject is a message of hope for the righteous. The word is derived from Psalm 34. We pray that you are blessed by this message. Right. 
Seek the Lord in his strength. Seek his face forevermore. No matter what's getting our way. Yeah. No matter what troubles we're in. Yeah. No matter what you're going through. Yeah. Look up to the heavens. Yeah. Get on your knees and seek God's face. Praise him. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Even when we're 
not deserving, God. You still come in and you shift the paradigm, whatever it is we are, God, and you hold yourself to be mighty and true. You are faithful, Father. Yes, you are. You are faithful and you are good. Yes. And you are good all the time, Father. So we just want to give your name praise. We just want to thank you for who you are, Father. And we know that you will never change. Continue being who you are to us, Father. And in those moments when we turn our backs on you, you never turn your back on us, Father. I imagine you standing there waiting for us to turn your back from glory. Hallelujah. See, because you're able. Just because you're able. And you can't breathe on your own. Every time you breathe, your body is responding to a request from God that you breathe. Amen. We all got a reason to give them glory today. I'm going to be coming from two places. I'm going to open in Isaiah. Isaiah chapter number 40, verse 31. And then I'm going to end up in Psalm, Psalm 34. Isaiah 40 and 31, say amen when you get there. And the text reads, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And, but unlike the NIV version, the NIV tells us that they that hope upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And as a subject today, this is a message of hope for the righteous. Amen? Amen. So if we got some righteous people in here, y'all ought to be celebrating. Amen. Yeah. So you can be seated because I, I, I need to break it all the way down. God said just walk through the scripture. To have hope in God is to have confidence in his faithfulness, believing that he will complete everything that he began. It means the, the confident expectation that waits patiently and ardently for God's purpose to be fulfilled. It means that no matter what your situation is, you still going to trust God. Amen. Amen. I know in some situations in here right now, you're saying, well, I, I just don't feel like praising today. I, I just don't feel my best today. I've been up since about 12 o'clock. I'm not on 100 in the natural, but thanks be to God for his Holy Spirit that's going to push me through this service and I'm going to give it my best. See, it means that in spite of what you're going through, you still got an amen in your spirit. Amen? amen. So, God says that uh, he wants the righteous to have hope in him. We, he wants us to have confidence in him. He said the winds may blow, storms may come, but do you still trust me in spite of it? It's hope in the Lord. And then he says to, to kind of dissect that word righteous. It means to conduct one's life in an upright manner and with moral standards that reflect our relationship with God. Amen? So therefore, I can't stand here today and say that this message is for everybody. But you, as a man or woman or boy or girl, have the opportunity to make it right today. Amen? Amen. So he's saying that he, he, I'm not looking for a perfect people. Y'all just come on with me. I'm, I'm not looking for a perfect people, but I'm just looking for somebody that'll keep my commands, keep my standards. Don't lower the standards that God has for us. And then, he said, then, when you have that 
instilled in your spirit that in spite of, I ain't gonna let this, I, I, I'm not gonna get below the standard that God has, has raised for me. I'm not gonna doubt God, and we all have. But we got to do better with it because we've seen him do enough to trust him by now. Surely, the tree of life. I, I don't know about nobody else, but we've seen enough miracles to trust God by now. Amen. If he can heal the sick and raise the dead, I'm talking about literally raise the dead and heal the sick and, and give us recovery. And three hours after surgery, a major surgery, you up walking, surely we can trust him for our rent. And I like you. Amen. And our headaches and our heartaches. Because that's petty when you've seen God do the things that he's done. Amen. And God said, talk to the righteous today. So I don't want to exclude anybody. But you got to set in your mind and your spirit today. Am I the righteous of God? I know we've been these places before. But if God is saying revisit, revisit. God is trying to make sure we get it right. Because a lot of preachers preaching a strong hoop. And they making everybody think that they are right. Since the revival, God said preach holiness or hell. It's holiness or hell in this house. Amen. Amen. So the message that God has given us now is either you're going to trust me, either you're going to stay in my will, or you're going to get what everybody else getting. Amen? Amen. It ain't no if, ands, or maybes. Ain't no safe place because if you leave this world and your soul ain't right, I don't care what preacher done prophesied over your life, if you ain't living right, you're destined for hell. Amen? Amen. It's holiness or hell. So God said that this message is for the righteous. And then I said, well, God, why would you use an eagle? Let me tell you about an eagle. They never surrender to the size or the strength of their prey. So no matter how big their prey is, they're going to bang down. Amen? If he's comparing us to eagle, that means God says stop letting this stuff make you back down. Amen. If God is in you, you ought to have some confidence. Amen. I ain't talking about cockiness. I'm talking about confidence. confidence. Because if God be for you, y'all can say talk back. Maybe it'll wake your neighbor up. Y'all too quiet for me. They're tenacious. They stand firm. Pastor Jimmy got a, a diagnosis. Brother Mitch, he got a diagnosis. Brother Patrick, you had a tumor, you got a diagnosis. Brother Stacy, you were diagnosed with cancer. Sister Deidre, you were diagnosed with a heart disease. Amari was diagnosed to have seizures. Sister uh, Yvonne was diagnosed to not walk up straight, but now she's walking upright. Sister, Sister Dakota was diagnosed with sickle cell. And they said, well, you might want to put on disability because her life, it ain't going to be that abnormal. I can't want to keep up with her. Yeah. But what he's saying is you, you stand firm. We done all been through something in here. And if you haven't, just keep living. But he said when this trouble come, you got to stand firm. An eagle stands firm. And I love this one. It says that an eagle does not eat dead things. Mm -hmm. Even the bird has enough sense to not lower his standards. He said, God, you created me to eat the finer things. But we as Christians, we lower our standards. We partake of things that's beneath us. It's beneath us when God raises a standard and you go beneath it, you down there with the vultures. Chickens and buzzards eat dead things. Amen. But the eagle, the eagle never eats a dead thing. We bless God for that. That's a standard right there. And he said, they possess vitality. That means they stay active. Yeah, some days you don't even want to get out your bed. 
Some days it's hard to put one foot in front of another. But if I were an eagle, I'd just fly anyway. Amen. And so God is saying that even when it don't feel good, just keep one foot in front of the other. He already told us you ain't got to run. It ain't the one, it ain't given to the quickest or the strongest. I'm glad about that. Amen. Amen. But the one that endures, that means you got to keep going, stay active in ministry. I, I don't know. It ain't number three of us. Keep singing, Sister Deidre, yeah. Sister Amanda, Sister Nicola. Stay active. God is getting glory. Yeah. And it sounds beautiful. Yeah. We bless God. Yeah. yeah. I think a lot of this is a test to see who in it for the entertainment or who in it to win it, amen? amen. And when I say win it, I'm talking about win his response well done, amen? Some of the folks don't come until they know who gonna sing and who gonna preach today and oh, I ain't going, honey, he boring. It ain't for you, it's for God. And if God be lifted up, he said, I'll do the drawing. So if we come in here with the spirit of worship, yeah. amen, we ain't at no funeral. So just shake it off. Yeah. Mm, you got to stay active. He said, eagles have vision. That means eagles have insight. Not just eyesight. They do have good eyesight. He said that eagle can... Uh, Scope out his prey for miles away. You see, if we get one no, that's it for us. Yeah. Well, I thought we have gotten how many no's? But God said, daughter, keep moving, pastor, keep moving, because all you need is one yes. Amen. And it's coming. Amen. See, when you have insight, you have vision. That no matter what the enemy throw at you, you still believe the report of the Lord. Amen? Amen. Yeah, when we stood up there and got license in our dames, Sister Deidre, you were there. A couple of more, Miss Beverly was there. A lot of people came just to laugh at us. Just said, what they think they're doing? Sheila? Jimmy? Who, who finna go listen to them? Where they get their training? What seminary you been to? I believe that God will give you on the job training. You just got to be willing to go, amen? And seven years later, we still standing. Bless God. And we standing strong. We glorify God. I like how the eagle, he flies high. And the eagle don't wait to see where the storm is going to hit. Sister Benita say, I'm going to go the other direction. What the eagle does is say, I'm going to find the eye of the storm. I'm going to step in and trust in God and watch the thing soar me to my necks. Yeah. The eagle don't even really flap his wings, Brother Stacy. But he just let the winds take him where he needs to go. Bless God. Somebody needs to let the winds take them where they need to go. Stop fighting against it. He compared us to an eagle for a reason. This word, I, I like how he didn't compare me to no chicken or no buzzard. But the very elite of the birds. So God wants us to, to uh, have that kind of hope and that kind of tenacity of the eagle. So then he took me to Psalm 34. And of course we know it's a Psalm of David. I'm going to start out with chapter 7 through 11. I'm going to skip around for the sake of time. And I'm going to ask those that are able in their body to stand for the reading of God's word. Psalms 34, 7 through 11. 
And the text reads, The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him, and delivereth them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusted in him. Verse 9 reads, Oh, fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger. But they that look, that seek the Lord, shall not want any good thing. Come, ye children, hearken unto me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Skip down to verse number 17. It reads, The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth, and delivereth them out of their trouble. And it says that the Lord is nigh unto them that are of broken heart, and saving such be of contrite spirit. And on your way to your seat, just remember this is a message of hope for the righteous. So we know that this is penned by King David. And I just want to tell you about more about his journey. I always believe in get to the depth of what the person's state. That to me, that makes the scripture, make the song, uh, in this case on a poem, uh, more effectual. Because we, we know it wasn't okay walk. See, in life, real life, if everything is right in your life, this a lot is wrong in your life. Because he tells us in his word that his righteous are going to have many afflictions. And so we look at King David and his life and we know that he is a man after God's own heart. But we also learned that of Jesse's eight sons, he was the youngest. He served as a shepherd in his youth, but he was known for playing his harp. And so he played his harp before King Saul, and Saul was impressed, and he made him his armor bearer. And we know that this gained him a place in the army. Amen. We, we go on to read that he wasn't old enough to fight in battle, but he still slayed the giant that everybody else was scared of. Amen. See, when God supernaturally, quali supernaturally qualifies you, ain't nothing nobody can do about it. The word of God says his brothers, they were, they were angry. They caught kindled when they even saw him coming. Because instead of fighting in battle, they were running and hiding. And this little boy was taking them a couple of sandwiches and to check on them like his daddy Jesse told him to do. And he said, what? where are the soldiers at? Because all I see is a bunch of Shining heaven, that mean they were hiding. And he said, but I see this big giant making a mockery out of y'all. And so we know that David went on with the strength of God. And he slew Goliath. But then we learn a little more about David. He became a major in the military. And ain't it something how somebody can be for you one minute? But then they turn around because they see how God is using you. And they get jealous. They get envious. Now they didn't have nothing to say when you was in that hot field. 
tending to them old stinking sheep. They stink. They beautiful, but they stink. See, if they good as long as you within they reach. I, I see where you at, David. You got some gifts, but you still in that field and they satisfy. But see, God had another plan for his life. And it was nothing that nobody could do about it. But even after making him his armor bearer, the Bible tells me that Saul got jealous and envious and he hated David. The same man that God was the only man that could soothe him when God called the evil spirits to torment him. He had to call this man to come play for him and that's the only relief he could get. But I'm still jealous of you. Still don't like you. So, Saul began to plot. Somebody say, no weapon formed against me gonna prosper. Nothing that he did against David prospered. The Bible says that he offered his older daughter, Miriam, to David as a wife. But David said, no king. He said, I don't feel worthy. And so he declined. But then over in 1 Samuel 18, the Bible tells us that Michal, Saul's younger daughter, was in love with David. And the Bible then goes on to say that this pleased Saul. Now in this sense of being pleased, I don't think it was because, oh, I have a good son-in-law. Oh, I'm, I'm going to have some beautiful grandchildren. He said, no, I'm going to be able to get closer to them and take them on now. So the Bible said that this pleased Saul. And what he did is he had uh, a bride price for his daughter. And it was for... David to go to the Philistines and take 100 foreskins and bring it back. If you want my daughter, you're going to have to do this. Now, of course, he thought that that was going to kill David. But it didn't prosper. Amen. Amen. That's why I tell y'all, don't stress so much when the enemy is after you. Just stay in the will of God and it ain't your battle to fight. Didn't we just say that? But Saul, he stayed in the will of God. And this made King, I mean David, stayed in the will of God. Thank you, husband. He stayed in the will of God. And this made the king even matter. Uh -huh. You want to know who your enemy is? Just keep doing good. After a while, they ain't going to be able to hide it. Amen. Amen. So this made him even angrier. And so he had a plot to go kill David. But David's wife, Saul's daughter, said, David, tomorrow they're coming to kill you. And the Bible says that she let him out a window. Said First Samuel chapter number nineteen. If you want to check it out, said that she let him out the window. But then it said, Brother Patrick, that she turned around and lied and said that this man was gonna kill me. See, evil get in the heart of man. Now she was just in love with him. Now she lying on him. Hmm. So we move forward. And now Saul, David, is running for his life. Hmm. And he goes a couple of places. And he goes to the king of God. And the king looked at him, he looked at the people that ushered him in. And they, he said, why did y'all bring this mad man to me? Because the warrior David 
forgot all about what God had done through him. And he fell back. And he was in fear for his life. So being in fear, the Bible says that he had to play crazy. See, the devil make a fool out of him. Now you just slayed the biggest giant. Now you standing here slobbering on yourself. That's what the Bible said he was doing. And bumping your head against the gate. But there's hope. Somebody said there's hope. So Saul, David, got ushered. He got exiled into the cave. And he went by himself. That's why I like when God gives me something for everybody. He was in the cave with 400 other men. These men were considered nobodies. These were men in distress. These were men that were in debt. So they all sitting in the cave hopeless. And then David came in there. And I guess he looked around and something had to rise up. And then he remembered. That's why he didn't say, oh, taste and see. He said, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. And he blessed those that trust him. He had an aha moment. And then he was reminded that God delivered me from many hands. Amen. The Bible said that he slayed tens of thousands compared to Saul thousands. Amen. So this wasn't just no lucky man. Yeah. This was a blessed man. Bless yeah. God. Y'all yeah. come on, push me. Yeah. But the word of God says That when he told them to taste and see that the Lord, the Lord was good, the text right before it said the angels of the Lord began to stand. See, it's something about when we stand on the word of God, when we stand behind God and his promises, the battle being is taken out of our hands. Amen. He's got it over and over. And over and over. Amen. Look at what he did for Lot. In Sodom and Gomorrah. When those men came. To rape. His daughters. No. The men came to rape the angels. They didn't want the daughters. Somebody need to read their Bible. It says. That the angels of the Lord went in outside and pushed Lot and them in and they began to fight. Amen. When we stand behind God, I'm pushing too hard for y'all to stand there. When we stand behind our Father, there is hope for the righteous. Amen. God is saying there's hope in this house today. I feel like, I know y'all are about to do a eulogy, but I feel like I'm already there. And we're in a place full of blessings. After blessings. After blessings. We have a visitor. And based on our response, I just ain't really convinced that y'all let him know how good God been to us. I'm just not, I'm not convinced. And, and young man, everybody don't jump and, and shout and rock and moan and hoop. I do. Everybody else don't. But it's supposed to be different in the atmosphere of righteous people. Amen. Amen. Move yeah. well, on. That's right. Sit up with gladness on today. Yeah. We in the sanctuary, not at the hospital. Bless God. And we're going to look like it. And so that's why he said, no wonder God is telling me, tell him over again. Tell him again. Tell him again. 
Because he said they're not responding like they're the righteous. He said, I told you to go tell them that this message ain't for everybody. He said, but they're not responding like I've done nothing for them. Mm -hmm. This is a message of hope. Yeah. That means it ain't over. Bless God. That means that after this, there shall be glory. Amen. Whatever your after this is, that means you ought to already be shouting and give God his glory. Because he said, there shall be glory after this. That's enough, I trust him. See, when you trust him, you can get the end result and still have to go through the journey. Uh-huh. Consider yourself in a cave with 400 men. Somebody in here might not feel like they were their God's glory. They didn't. But see, the word of God, it gives you life. It gives you hope if you receive it. So imagine us in a cave. Mm-hmm. We ain't worthy for nothing. We done lost our families. We couldn't provide for our families. Man, I can't imagine what that would feel like for a man, a real man. But this is what it was full of. And so we read the song, Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Now you got to understand what state that these people were in. You got to understand where David was when he penned this. I'm in the fight of my life. I'm running for my life. And the Bible says that he was carrying the sword that he slew uh, Goliath with. He was carrying the sword. And he was right by where he took him out. Amen. But he grew weary. Yeah. At the place that he became famous. That's why I tell people, don't let folks pump y'all up, I'm telling you. They'll try. And then three days later, they'll be saying crucified. Because he didn't have no backing. But then he remembered. It was you, Lord, that got me out that field. It was you, Lord, that kept delivering me from the enemy's hand. He remembered. He said, wait, fellas, wait, wait, y'all. We ain't counting out. God just got us in a place of refuge. Biblically, that's what the cave was called. That was the nickname. It was a cave of, of um, bondage. That was the nickname. But spiritually, we understand that it was a cage of refuge. What we think is a low place is God's opportunity to show himself mighty in our lives. Amen. When everybody else has counted you out, that's God's opportunity to say, not my son. He's after my own heart. I'm so glad God looks at this. And some of them saying, God, God, I know my heart is a problem when your heart is thinking. But when you got a heart that's after God, God will stand for his children. He's a good father. Man. I got a few points in closing. It ain't long. Because we've been here over and over and over. As I studied, it said that, that five of the songs were written while David was running for his life. The songs that people sang in the most quoted scriptures, this man was running for his life. And people 
so carnally quote these scriptures. They say it like it ain't nothing, Brother Stacy. But when you understand the depth, you take God's word more seriously. And you say, Went through way more than I have to go through. And he still blessed God. Psalms 7, Psalms 27, Psalms 31, Psalms 34, Psalms 52. This man was running for his life. And we sit in, in the sanctuary all prim and proper and roll our eyes. With our hands, with our arms crossed and say, I wish they'll hurry up, watch our watches. Some of the most powerful scripture was birthed out of pain. And this was what this psalm was. But they still found a way to give God glory. Bless God. I ain't here to convince nobody today because David said you got to taste and see yeah. that the Lord is good. Amen. That means I can tell you about him. I can give you my description. But until you try for yourself, you'll never understand. I have a few points in closing to tell you how powerful and how much hope there is in this one song. In verse number seven, it talks about the angel of the Lord encamping around and about them that fear him. See, that's why he said, humble yourself before the presence of the Lord. But God said, tell my people that that means there's protection. And then verse nine tells us Oh, fear the Lord, ye his saints. Anybody his saints in this place? For there is no want. How much want? No. Yeah. To them that fear him. God said, tell them that's provision. I got their back if they fear me. You don't have to fear it. Tell them I'm the creator. And don't nothing move past me. Bless God. See, everything that's happening in our life ain't the devil. When you belong to God, everything that the enemy is allowed to do, he got to have God's permission. So he said, I am their provision when they are the righteous. Uh-huh. Verse number 11. Come, ye children. Hearken unto me. And I will teach you the fear of the Lord. And God said, tell them, that's godly wisdom. Amen. Amen. Solomon said, he said, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That's why the enemy be coming through your back door. And God has told you to leave the house. Bless God. Uh-huh. That's why he can't do nothing without God's permission. God will give you a strategy. God said, yeah, he tell me. Yeah, he's strategizing. But tell him I'm the master of strategy. If the enemy will be coming from your left, and God will say, you ought to go right today. Then he tell you to change your route. Drive a different direction. Yeah. Tell him I give him wisdom. And unlike us, when we in our foolish nature, when I was in the world, I thought that I could physically take on anybody. Somebody waiting to knock me out. Ah, man, woman, anybody. I can take them. Somebody waiting to knock me. Slam out. But God, the wisdom tell you, this ain't no physical fight. God, the wisdom will tell you, this ain't flesh and blood. But these principalities and these rulers from the darkness, from heavenly places, you can't fight them physically. You better fight them through fasting and praying. Yeah, that's wisdom. God will give you wisdom when you are his. Somebody said there's hope. Yes. 
verse number 17. It says, the righteous cries, and the Lord heareth, and delivers them of all. Some, some, all of their troubles. Tell them when you got a report like that, you got some favor on your life. Bless God. Uh-huh. Said many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them from some. From them all. Bless God. Said that's faith. And there's also refuge. Mm. The Lord is nigh. Unto them that are of a broken heart. And save as such as be of contrite spirit. That means in your weak moments, you may strong because it's the strength of the Lord. It wasn't David's natural attributes that slayed Goliath. He was too small to even fit the armor. It was too heavy. And he's standing there and the helmet going one way and he's trying to, and he said, take this off of me. Amen. I can't fight with that. But then it was not the smooth rocks that took Goliath out. The word of God that said that David professed with his mouth. Y'all got swords and shields. Goliath, they tell me you got the biggest sword, but I got the strength of the Lord. Amen. It wasn't that stone that killed Goliath. Amen. It was his trust in God. It was him standing on God and his word. Says surely. If I can kill these lions and tigers and bears, oh my, <laughs> with my bare hands, then surely I can fight this dude. Uh-huh. Kick him in the knees. He can't run. That's that wisdom. But more than anything, in closing, mm-hmm, that's it. The righteous is promised salvation. Bless God. For those of you that y'all act like y'all don't know what that means. That means that when this life is over, when all this hurt and pain is over, then we are promised something greater than this world could ever offer. That's why you don't need to sell your soul for a car, for a house, for a promotion, for a large bank account, for popularity. Don't sell your soul for that because heaven and earth is going to pass away, but only the things of Christ is going to last. And he said, we promise you his righteous salvation. Verse number 22 says, The Lord redeemeth the soul of his soul of his servants. And none of them, hallelujah, that trust in him shall be desolate. You won't leave out empty. Amen. And I'm not even gonna wait until I'm not gonna even just talk about death. I'm talking about living. Uh-huh. What did he tell Israel? Y'all know. He said, I'm about to deliver y'all. And when you leave, don't leave empty. Then he told them, go borrow some silver and gold. What about our sandwiches and our shoes? He said, silver and gold. What about our blankets and our, how we gonna cook? 
He said, semicolon. Did y'all read anywhere where they change shoes? And, and change clothes? But nobody broke the, the ones that was in his wheel. That amazed me because I said, they never outgrew their shoes. I mean, sometimes I go there. They never outgrew their clothes. He said, no. Because I take care of what's mine. He said, I told you not to leave. He's telling you, don't leave from one season to the next season empty. He said, but I'm preparing for you a better place even in this world. Oh, that last, that last season like it took me out. I got so overwhelmed with credit and I done about paid they, my, my interest rate so high and I done about paid for three houses. God said, I'm trying to condition you because I know you don't trust me like that. So I'm trying to condition you for that next that I got for you. Amen. It wasn't designed to take you out. God let us go through what we go through. And in that moment, we be saying, oh, God, do you see them? God, you see what they doing to me? I know you done said it a couple of times. You going to let them get away with that? God said, you keep your mind stayed on me. I'm going to exalt you. And they're going to have to watch you be blessed. But in the meantime, I done showed you everybody that's out to get you. Don't be naive now. Because they finna come back around with a real sweet voice. God done already showed you who they are. A snake changes its color. Yes. And, and it, it sheds its skin. But I believe that a snake is and always will be a snake. Uh -huh. Some of y'all petting snakes. Yeah, y'all playing pity pad with them. And they steady. Some of them haven't hit. And some of them have. But they have no venom. But they still a snake. And God said, y'all entertaining the serpent. And he said, I said that the righteous should bruise the head. Not pet. Amen. My grandma told me you play with a puppy, he's going to lick you in the mouth. You play with a snake, you keep on. on he might be a guard snake, but you look up, you're going to be like, ooh, that thing just... God is preparing us. He's showing us how to live with gladness, y'all. And there, I believe, if the Lord is sovereign for the unrighteous, I believe that the world is still existing because his word said, it's not my will that any should perish. So if he feels that way about the unrighteous, what does he think about his children? And what does it look like to our father that is so faithful to us? When we do the things that we do and show him that we don't trust him, that we don't appreciate him, that we don't honor him, what must that look like? But today, there's an opportunity for repentance. Y'all, let me tell you. They've been making a mockery out of the Bible, the Word of God. Saying that, they, yeah, they folk been saying the world gonna end. Since I was a little girl, me too. But the world never looked like what it's looking like now. You are, you are they are altering the very creation of man. Everything that God said was an abomination and a detestable unto him. The things that he hates. That's what everybody is gravitating to. And so not only is this a message of hope, 
This is a message of opportunity for repentance. This is a, the opportunity to rededicate. It's the opportunity to do things differently. And I told you, don't be ashamed to come to the altar every Sunday that God allowed. Don't be ashamed. Because if God given us another opportunity, that means that it's needed. We won't be like those that are puffed up and say, I'm good. Because each and every one of us got something that needs to change. Amen. Each and every one of us have been through a storm. If you haven't been, just keep living. God said, this is the day that I desire for my people to stand and say, if you need to say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But to say, God, I trust you. God, I'm going to stand. God, I ain't going to lower no standards. God, I'm going to remain upright in your sight. I know it's hard. I know that the flesh get weak. Yeah, we all human. But I want the children to come up here first. Yeah. 